Hey everyone, this is your host Frank Strong and I thought it was important to let you know that the interview you are about to hear was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic took off. Hopefully most of you will welcome the fact that this interview will have absolutely nothing to do with the pandemic, but I thought it was important that you have that context first. And welcome everybody to episode number three of the Boots About Business podcast. The last two episodes, we've had Army veterans and West Point graduates on the show, so we thought we'd mix things up a little bit and invite a Marine. Mr. B.J. Schnatkowski, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, Frank. I will try to, uh, you know, do honor to the fancy soldiers that came before me and, uh, you know, keep the intellectual level at, at at least a lowest common denominator bar. I would like to get some credit for noting that I refrained from making any jokes about crayons and Marines here in the introduction. You're a gentleman and a scholar as always. <laughs> hey, so tell us a little bit about where you work today and the role that you play there. Yeah, sure. So I am uh, very honored to be the, the chief sales and marketing officer for a company called Vertifor. We are the largest and leading insurance technology which is software and data provider uh, to the insurance vertical. We've got uh, a little north of 20,000 customers. We're about a half billion dollar company. We are private equity held, very proud to be owned by Vista and Bain Capital. We're 15 years old. We employ a couple thousand people in the United States and abroad. And I lead the sales and marketing function for them, which means I'm responsible for all revenue generating activities, as well as maintaining the company's brand standard in market. I've got a little bit north of 300 folks that work for me. I'm also the executive sponsor of our Canadian business. The general manager of that company rolls up to me as well. Been here three years and absolutely love it. Yeah, that's incredible. That's That sounds like a big job. So thanks for carving some time out for us. All right, so let's shift a little bit. We just kind of hinted in the introduction that you started your career as a Marine. Why did you join the service? I don't tell people this often, but I figure why not here? I actually thought I was going to go into the Army. I spent my entire kind of junior high, high school time preparing to be an Army lawyer. It's, it's all I wanted to do. I had applied to the Academy. I had gotten my congressional nomination, and I couldn't get medically accepted. Blown my knee out twice. I was a football player and a wrestler. My ortho wouldn't clear me to go to the Academy, so I, I ended up going to a little state school in upstate New York. And two years later, I still had the itch. I still wanted to serve. I called the Marine Corps recruiter. This is a true story. I said, do you care about bad knees? He said, can you run a mile? I said, probably faster than you. I was a rugby player at the time. I'm sure it wasn't true. And uh, 11 days later, I deployed for uh, for Paris Island. Yeah, that's awesome. And and just for the the guest background, BJ is like an elite athlete, runs you know, triathlons is just has that ability to really push his body super far. So I have no doubt you could run a mile faster than the recruiter. To be fair, I was an elite athlete. Now I try to be an elite parent who's 20 pounds overweight chasing a four and a half year old around, but, but (laughs) no different, different endurance sport. That's right. And, uh, and the will not to quit. (laughs) (laughs) What did the service teach you? What did you learn when you were wearing boots in the service of the country? Yeah, it's a few different things. And I have the opportunity to talk about those and, and I've talked about those in a lot of different corporate contexts. And so I've been able to kind of distill it down to a, a couple of themes. The first one is, you know, they throw you here. I was 19 years old. I'm a, I'm a sophomore in college. It's my summer break. I'm basically doing this like as my summer break job, right? I'm going to Marine Corps boot camp as a reservist. 
And here I am with 77 other guys, literally every religion, race, shape, size, intellectual level, right? I mean, one of my first, I remember one of my first jobs at boot camp was teaching guys who could barely read, right? True story, a couple of which literally chose boot camp over going to jail to pass the, you know, Marine basic equivalency exam. And here you are with the most diverse group of humans of all time thinking, how will anything ever get done? And you learn very quickly how assigning simple goals and, and maintaining task and purpose and discipline and structure and simplicity, you can take the most diverse group of humans and really achieve any objective, right? And yeah, that starts with very simple things, but it obviously becomes very, very, very complex things as you think about advancing in your career in the military. And that's no different than business, right? The most homogenous teams are usually the least successful ones. The most successful ones are the most diverse ones. But within that success typically comes goal setting, accountability, structure, and discipline. And you see that really played out no more elegantly than in the simplest tasks that you learn in Marine Corps boot camp, right? The second one is this philosophy and this concept of you get in the Marine Corps. It's the mission and the men, right? You have two leadership priorities at all times, the mission and the men, and, and literally in that order. And obviously you take that and apply it to business. It's, it's the mission and you call it the people. But, you know, we exist to serve the business. The business exists, right, not to serve us. We have to make sure that we hit our business objectives. And sometimes those people who start out with us don't always make the journey with us, but you got to achieve those business goals. And then it's, the, you know, the how you do that is by taking care of your people, making sure they're trained, making sure they're enabled, right? But those are your only real two priorities as a military leader. And you learn that early on, right? And then certainly as a business leader, I would argue it's the same thing. You have business goals and you do them through people, no matter what you're doing. And that, that has endured. And if you just follow that very simple, simple mantra, you'll be more successful than not. And then the last one, this is the Marine Corps, but you see this really kind of manifesting itself in a lot of different areas. Be the hardest working guy or gal in the room right? And you know this, the people who got promoted in the service, the ones that did well, were the ones that volunteered for the crap assignments, or the ones that stayed late and mastered their craft, whether that be on the rifle range, right? Or whether that be writing code in a corporate environment. And so the ability and the desire to put in the work, put in the hustle, right? Do what it takes to be the best at what you do will always serve you well. And, and you see it very early on, right? In your military career, and you see it certainly play out in the corporate world. And they've been wonderful parallels. And they've, they have served me incredibly well. Yeah, that's excellent. So the, the value of diversity, the taking care of your people and work ethic, those are all great lessons. And you've continued to be involved in veteran affairs, for lack of a better term, you know, even after you got out of the service. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you've been doing across your career in terms of veterans? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's funny. I, I am uh, very, very proud that I wore the uniform, but I also at the same time, very transparent in the fact that I was never deployed outside of training, really was never on active duty. I got deployed for 11 days to Pendleton as part of Enduring Freedom and sent home. So in reality, if you think about the stark contrast of my experience with so many thousands of men and women over the last 20 years, right, since we've effectively been at war, it's very, very humbling. And I'm so appreciative of all of those who came before and after me who have actually, right, walked into that combat theater and, and, and deployed and done those things. And so because of my experience, I, I still want to give back every day. And, and 
I've been both fortunate enough through my corporate pursuits, but also meeting some amazing people to have gotten engaged with wounded warriors. I was a board member of the USO in North Carolina. And then I also helped the governor of North Carolina. He formed a commission when I was running part of a business there where I met Frank, actually, Mm -hmm. I met you, Frank. We work with the governor's office and other employers like Cisco and Lenovo to go across the state and work with hiring employers and municipalities to show them the value of hiring transitioning veterans and talk about our stories. And we got thousands and thousands of, of folks coming back to North Carolina, right, transitioning out of the service gainful employment. And we all know, right, you've seen all the stats about how important that is, getting them a good job where they can be successful, getting them that good training, getting them into the corporate workforce in a job where where they know that they can apply the skills that they learned over their, you know, four, eight, 20-year military career is hugely important. And so I've been very involved in those and they've been near and dear to my heart and, you know, have hopefully made a tiny bit of a difference. And I always say I've done more for the service since I've been out than I did when I was in, but I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the work. And like I said, hopefully it's helped a few people. North Carolina obviously has a huge military presence. There's a lot of folks that are transitioning. And I think people in uniform that are getting out, getting into business turn and look to people like you for help and support. So if you aren't out there doing some of those things, life after you hang up the uniform could be a little bit harder. So thank you for all that you've done. Let me ask, is there any part of your time in uniform that you think has been, you know, a factor in your career or instrumental in your career? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be a liar if I didn't say all of it did, right? And whether that's learning humility, right, of everybody, everybody serves, you know, KP duty or, you know, everybody basically does the crap jobs mm-hmm. in the military. I'll tell you what, that has served me so well. You know, I'm a C-level executive now, right? I've got hundreds of people that work for me. I can assign away any task. And I think the only reason I'm as effective as I am and able to achieve the results that our teams are able to achieve is because I never, ever, ever have forgotten about rolling up your sleeves and getting deep and being part of the team and leading from the front. And I can't tell you how uncommon that is in business, right? A lot of folks think, the benefit of moving up a corporate ladder and, and moving up the hierarchy is to get these minions who will do the work for you. And it's complete crap. And, and by the way, the folks that actually think that way aren't there for very long. It, it's the folks that still understand every nut and bolt of their business, right? Just like you understand you know, every bit of that rifle that you have to take apart, clean and put back together. There's a reason for that, right? Because when you need to do it, you can't delegate that away no matter what your rank is. It's no different than business. You got to actually know the ins and outs of your business to be most effective at it and to lead and ask people to do things and not just sit in the ivory tower and point and, and this command and control concept. And I think that's a big part of it. I think, you know, I'm never underestimating someone based on their background. You meet some cats that come from some of the worst situation and upbringings you could ever imagine that you wouldn't wish on anyone. And they are so darn smart and capable and ambitious, and they just need a chance. And I can tell you that some of the best people I've hired that have worked out for me, and I'll probably end up working for one day, I've taken a chance on them and they've been from a background because I've seen that in the military, right? I never would have been exposed to that in the teams I was on in high school or the fraternity or the, you know, clubs I was in or college, but I got to, cause you know, you hang out with people like you naturally. It's just, it's not, just do it. It happens. And the military forces you into this melting pot and you truly see what people are capable of. If you give them a chance and you hold them accountable and you enable their success, 
if anything's enabled my career in whatever movement I've had, it's, it's, it's that philosophy. And I absolutely picked that up there because I hadn't been exposed to it prior. Yeah. Those are, those are great lessons, you know, not never asking your troops to do something you wouldn't do. And then recognizing the skills and capabilities of people that come from diverse backgrounds for sure. So let's flip that question around, ask the other way. I know you as a salesperson. I mean, obviously you're very good at what you do or you wouldn't be where you are today. I sometimes hear that, you know, the service is a good background for those interested in a career in sales. So let me ask you about, do you think there's some good things veterans can do to get into sales or maybe more broadly in business? What's your take on that? Yeah, it's funny. If you're successful in sales or not, it has a lot to do with, with your DNA and your makeup. And what I will tell you is being in the service won't hurt that, but it could help it, right? I don't know that a background in the military makes you more or less successful in sales in and of itself, right? You got to kind of have the personality. You got to want to do the work. You got to be okay with being told no over and over and over. You got to have incredible perseverance, right? But the lessons you learn in the Marine Corps, sorry, in any branch, will increase the probability of you being successful. And maybe maybe I can explain for a minute. There are so many companies now that are looking for veterans as part of their workforce, right? It used to be you have to have a four-year degree. And I can tell you that's becoming less and less and less important because what we're seeing is lots of kids are going out and getting liberal arts degree and they have no they have no business background. They have no greater skill set than somebody coming out of the Army or the Marine Corps or the Navy for four years. But what those soldiers and Marines and sailors have is four years of understanding how to be reviewed. Guess what? Kids come out of college don't like that right now. They don't like yeah. being reviewed once a year. They don't understand that you're actually going to get a score based on your performance and everyone's not exceptional all the time, right? They don't want to do or volunteer for the hard work, right? Everybody coming out of the military is so happy to have a job where they're, you know, sitting in an office in the air. I, I was certainly sitting in, a, in an office in the air conditioning. And you want me to do what? You want me to make 60 phone calls a day? And other people are complaining about that? Give me the phone. I'll make 80, right? And so you're preconditioned to look at some of these tasks assigned to you that might be difficult for others as, as just absolutely trivial and simple. The other thing... I would tell you is in the military, you have to learn an etiquette and a decorum, right? Whether it's through an inspection, but when you're dealing with your chain of command, if you're sitting in front of that colonel for the first time, right, you're not back on the block smoking and joking. It's funny. It's all the languages coming back. Yeah, right. Ago, right? <laughs> but, but you're not messing around with your buddies. You know how to stand tall. You know how to all of a sudden speak somewhat professionally, right? You know how to actually respect the moment because it warrants it. You, you learn that decorum, you learn that etiquette in the military that a lot of kids don't get nowadays. So that when you're in sales and you're in a boardroom or you're in front of a customer, you know how to bring your A game. It's like you're standing tall in front of a command inspection. I can't tell you how rare that is, right? So when you apply, I won't call it social etiquette, when you apply kind of decorum, when you apply work ethic, when you apply the willingness to, to do the, the crap that a lot of people won't do and it's easy, I mean, veterans have this amazing package skill set that they can bring to any job. And oh, by the way, in sales, those will help you make a lot of money and do really well. Yeah, those are all great points. I really love your point about being reviewed. That's not something that I've heard before or thought of before, but I think it's exceptional because it's very standardized. There are, you know, boxes that you go through for each aspect of your job, you know, from leadership down to technical proficiency tactically competent, all those things. So that's a really good point. Another one, just thinking of all the like civilian hires that I've made, 
Like, I don't want to overgeneralize too, because by the way, the whole thing that millennials are like, there are some amazing millennials. They get a bad stereotype and a bad rap. And yeah, there are absolutely some hippies and some, you know, never going to leave their, but by and large, I got a lot of millennials that work for me and they're outstanding and they work really hard. They've just got a different reward system. They want more of their values to be tied to what they do. And I think that's actually very cool. But what I will tell you is those folks that come from a civilian background, right? This whole kind of generation of, you know, everybody gets a trophy and meritocracy for all and blah, blah, blah. The one thing it has created is everyone feels like they're entitled to a promotion, right? And the one thing you get in the military is you got to earn that. That's either time in service, time in rank. You have to do, you know, your, your proficiency in conduct marks have to be a certain level. You have to complete so many, we call them MCEs, uh, you know, Marine Corps continuing education credits, right? There was a linear path. It wasn't just, you're just six months in, so you get promoted. And I think the military folks understand that. So they're not the ones coming to me saying, I've been here a year, give me a promotion or I'll leave. They're the ones coming to me saying, I've been here a year. I've completed these things. What else do I need to do? And how long do I need to continue to prove it to get to that next level? And man, I will take that all day, every day. Yeah, I mean, that brings up a good point because the military always talks about task, condition, and standard too, right? You know the tasks you're to accomplish, the conditions in which you're to work, and the standards to which you're to achieve. So if you get into a business environment and you don't have that, they know enough to ask, right? And then they have a benchmark that they can work against. So I completely agree with you on the millennial aspect. I mean, I don't want to date myself. I grew up in Gen X, and I remember growing up, articles on like Time Magazine when that was still a thing you know, on the coffee table about how this Gen X generation is all twisted, right? So every generation says that about the next one. Pretty soon the millennials will be saying about the generations that follow them. So point well taken. Let's start to bring this to the close a little bit. Let me just ask one last question, you know, as an experienced executive at the top of your game right now, veterans that are interested in pursuing a career in sales or even in business after the service, what are some things you think they can do to prepare now? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a couple different things, right? The first one is you got to understand your environment, right? And everybody's going to do a lot of different things. If you want to go into a corporate environment, right, you got to wear that uniform. And I, I, I say that not to be tongue in cheek, right? But I got my Eagle Globe and Anchor tattooed on my arm. I got my American flag tattooed above that. That doesn't come out every day, right? I got to remember that there's a time and a place for certain things. And I'm no longer in the core. I'm very proud of being in the core. I wear it proudly. People know that I am, but it's not what I do anymore. And so making that mental shift of I'm no longer a soldier, I'm no longer a sailor, I will always be one, I'm proud of it, but now I'm going to be a professional. You got to make that mental shift because a lot of the folks that come out struggling, they think they're still in right? And they don't get out of their mindset and they're still wearing their moto t-shirts, right? And like, you got to mentally move into the next thing, right? Be proud of your heritage, take from it what will make you more successful, but know where you are now is just a simple one. The next one is you want to look for, I mean, again, there are lots of companies, big companies, small companies. I will tell you that Vertifor has been great about this. Insurance is amazing at hiring veterans. It is such a patriotic category, but you need to find places or I would recommend you find places, right, that programmatically bring folks in because they've created systems and processes for onboarding and indoctrination. And if you can find folks like the state farms and Liberty Mutuals or the Vertifors of the world that are really welcoming to veterans and, and bring them in and really look after their success, you're just more likely to be successful. Even if not, right, just remember that you're in a new world now. You'll never get dinged for asking questions. You'll never get dinged for working hard. 
And if you do those two things, you're going to be incredibly successful and you're going to work your way up because a lot of other people don't for whatever reason. And, you know, whatever made you successful in the military is probably going to be that which makes you successful in business. You just have to transfer the skills and, and present them in a little bit different way, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Where can people find you online if they want to connect, ask you a question, ask you about Vertifor? Vertifor.com is the company website. They've got me plastered up there somewhere, I'm sure. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm connected to, I think, hundreds and hundreds of other veterans there. There are a bunch of LinkedIn groups. I'm definitely on some of the Marine alumni groups. Intuit has a great military network, still connected to a lot of folks there. But I'm on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash bshaknowski. Send me an invite. I'll connect with anybody on there. Happy to share or help wherever I can. Hey, BJ, thanks for coming on. Thanks for making time. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Boots About Business podcast. If you are listening on the web, then you should know you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you are there, won't you leave us a review? It'll help the show and in turn help other veterans. And finally, if you know someone that's a veteran and now works in business or is an entrepreneur with a story to share, hit us up using the contact form on the show's website. That's bootsaboutbusiness.com. I am your host, Frank Strong. Until next time, out here.